0: Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. As I said, I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. Today, it's all about uncluttering or decluttering our lives, and before I get started, I just want to give a few fun facts about clutter. Now, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, they report that one quarter of people with two car garages have so much stuff in there, they can't even park a car. The National Association of Professional Organizers report that we spend one year of our lives looking for lost items, and that 80% of the things... Uh, that we keep we never use plus if you rent a storage facility to store your excess belongings you're contributing to a 154 billion dollar industry that's bigger than the hollywood film business my guest today julie caraccio has worked for years as an organizer and started her business healing through organization in 2009 Also, for 13 years, Julie has uh, been a grant writer and director of development, successfully raising millions for nonprofits. She is the host of Clearing the Clutter, Inside and Out, and she is a recipient recipient of numerous awards. I'm so happy to have her with me today. Please welcome her to the show. Julie, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Thank
1: you for having me, and you get a gold star. You pronounce Caraccio right. No one ever does that
0: correctly. (laughs) Well, let me, let me admit, let me be honest. I, you know, I do a lot of prep before the show because I like to know my guests. So I replayed the video where you were saying your name over and over again. So I said, okay, let me get this down packed so I can say your name. So I cheated a little bit there.
1: (laughs) Good job. Good job.
0: But thank you. How you doing today, dear?
1: I'm excellent and I'm so excited to be talking to you today. As you can see, I'm a huge fan of helping people clear clutter and I'm impressed you did your research and I'm glad that you shared those statistics with people because when you hear things like that, most people it makes them go, whoa, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, you know, cause I'm thinking now when I read it, it's okay, so a whole year of my life I've spent looking for keys, looking for that piece of paper, I mean, to, to just put that into a visual like a whole year of my life is spent just looking for something you mm-hmm. know so you know it, it kind of makes people kind of take notice and say hey wait a minute and um the fact that people have garages that you can't use and, and and things like that you know you just really you don't you don't understand these things or put it in perspective you know it just becomes your normal day to day life oh you know i'm just going to park in the driveway not in the mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, but you're here today and you're going to help us kind of pick some of this apart. And, uh, you know, as we can see with the introduction, clutter is one of your, your big things there. Um Can you give us some pointers um, Like we pointed out in in the opening? But can you give us some, some tips or some perspective about why it's very important for people to start to declutter their lives? Well, I believe
1: that clutter affects you not only physically, but also mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And, you know, if you think of term clutter in terms of energy, it's stuck stagnant energy. If you were to go into a room that had a lot of books, had a lot of clutter, you could literally feel how heavy and stuck that is. And then if you were to go in another room that's organized and clutter-free, you can literally feel the difference. And I believe that when we have too much clutter, it prevents us from from sharing our gifts with the world. Because if you have a lot of physical clutter, how are you going to accomplish what you want? If you have self-doubt, that to me is clutter. That prevents you from sharing your gifts with the world. And I'm passionate about this because I want to live in a world where everyone is sharing their gifts. That's the kind of world I envision
0: awesome awesome and you know you just brought up something that you know i had a time period in my life where i was going through this little you know evolution and you know it seemed it felt right for me but like outsiders looking in you know say, okay lana she's crazy she's going through some sort of like thing right now but i i went through my house and like the clothes that were in my dresser and stuff i took them out and i had shelves built into closets and i put them there and i removed all of the The odds and end furniture in my bedroom, like dressers and stuff like that, the TV stand where I was, you know, became a dumping ground for, Mm -hmm. you know, papers and stuff. I removed that and I just hung the TV on the wall and downstairs and, you know, in the living room, I pushed, you know, the furniture against the wall to give me like space as I was going around my house. And it seemed to me, it feels to me like everything is so much more peaceful. I, I feel like, you know, my, my air is clean, my energy, you mm-hmm. know, I'm just, so, you know, I really understand uh, just from that little time period in my life, the benefits of, you know, taking away some of that clutter. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. It just, it just got to be so exasperating to me. I was like, I got to get all this stuff out my way. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's amazing what you can do, the productivity that you can achieve in your life when you do free up your space, your energy around you. So, you know, I just think it's awesome work that you're doing there. Um, so when people are begin this process of decluttering their lives, um, most people think it's just, like I said, maybe throw away some paperwork or, you know, get rid of some furniture you don't use. But it's really a lot more than that, right? I, I,
1: it, to me, it is. I, you know, people a lot of times concentrate on physical clutter. You'll hear people talk a little bit about mental. And I... really have emphasized also the emotional and spiritual because it's me it's all tied together now my personal belief is that i create my reality so whatever's going on the inside of my life is going to be reflected in my environment you know i did my research too and read about you and you know you (laughs) overcame losing your husband and i don't know you know, all the details of that. But if your place had a lot of clutter and it was a mess, I wouldn't fault you on that. Because to Mm -hmm. have your world turned upside down like that, you know, I would think that that's how it would look. And so, again, I think if we move away from judgment, that's what's most important. But it's to tackle clutter on all levels. Because, again, if you are, you know, you took a tragedy and turned that into a success. If you, you know, can turn self-doubt into belief, and then you can go out, and do what you're meant to do.
0: Okay. Now, how is it some ways, because we're saying self-doubt here, and then we're saying clutter, um, just for the person that not might not be aware, how, how are they connected? How is it that I have clutter in my life? Um, how, how does that manifest itself as, as self-doubt? How do they intertwine?
1: Well, I want to say that, of course, that it can't, it might not be for everyone. I'm just using, because for me, you know, mental clutter is what I call monkey mind Mm
0: -hmm. or being
1: overwhelmed. I consider emotional clutter, like I look at relationships as potential clutter. Who is it that you surround yourself with? Because if you're not surrounding yourself with good people, you know, they just did a research not too long ago that if you, are hanging out with people that are overweight, you're more likely to become overweight. Well, to me, that says if you're hanging out with negative people, then you're likely to become more negative. And, you know, it's not only self-doubt. It's I believe that comparing yourself to others is clutter. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things out there, judgment. To me, that's just clutter. Because mm-hmm. it, ideally, if we're living in the present moment, which is where our point of power is, that's where we create the life that we choose.
0: Awesome, you know that whole comparing yourself to others—it's kind of uh, ties into one of the beefs I have uh, with social media today. You know, a lot mm. of us spend a lot of us spend a lot of time Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and, and you know, people have a tendency to project their best, best selves on these, these social media sites. So you're scrolling through all your different feeds and your friends are doing all these wonderful things. And, you know, you start to feel like, you know, maybe my life should be so wonderful. So I tell people a lot of time, you should really try to um, what would be your t- declutter your social media um, time that you have, uh, the, the energy that you put on it, because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's reflecting back on how you feel about yourself and, and jeopardizing, you know, all the beauty that you could see in yourself. So um, I really, I, I can see where, you know, your self-esteem and your self-worth, you know, the things that we mm-hmm. have today. Technology is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but with it comes the consequences. And I think um, it is a lot of clutter that we do find on social media because I found myself. I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I start off on uh, YouTube is one of my big things, right? So I'll start mm-hmm. off looking looking for some sort of how to do this on YouTube. And next thing I know, I'm looking at, you know, how do you buy a coat for a, a llama? And I'm like, how did I end up there? But it's like t- <laughs> it's two hours later. And, and right, for me, right? that's, that's, that's clutter. That's time wasted that I can't get back. And I filled my my space with actually nothing. You know, so that's clutter. That's, that's emptiness. So, you know, I, I really think social media is, is really an issue, um, uh, that we need to kind of get a handle on when it does come to, uh, decluttering our lives. You know, where we spend our time at, um, that's one of the things. Now, you mentioned, uh, the people that we, uh, spend time with or are, are in our mm-hmm. circle or stuff. And sometimes it's hard, Julie. I mean, you might have a parent that's a little bit, uh, Toxic for your your evolution and your growth. How, how do you how do you declutter your life when it comes to significant family members? That's a great
1: question. I just uh, released my my course on that, and I, I talk about it in that because we take an entire month to look at all your relationships. There are some you can't necessarily uh, end those relationships, and so there are a couple things you can do. You can lessen the amount of time. Mm-hmm. That you spend with someone, you can create a boundary. And again, for every person, it's going to be different. And you have to figure out in that moment what is best for you. Because it might not be best to have a confrontation with someone. But if it's excusing yourself from family events, sitting down and talking with the person, asking someone in the family for support, you do have the choice to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And it, you know, I just—it's I, easier said than done. And sometimes, you know, I had a friend. I lived in L.A. for 10 years, and he was a, a good friend of mine. But he would always complain. And I mean, mm-hmm. I just—it's amazing to me how much one human being could complain. And I finally <laughs> sat him down, and I said, I can't take this anymore. You were a good friend to me, but it brings me down. All you want to do is, is moan. And so, either you stop it when you're around me, or we have to end the friendship and that was hard because this was someone i cared about but you know it was a wake up call for him because no one had called him out like that but sometimes people are like i just don't want to deal with this anymore and and maybe don't return calls or end a friendship and you know i think of how i would want to be treated and so you just have to decide in the moment what's the best course of action now In my personal belief, you want to let go of any toxic relationship. And again, understand, maybe you have an ex-spouse and you have children. And Mm -hmm. so that's something you don't have a choice to do. But you can set boundaries or there are things that you can come up with to deal with it. And say, you know what, it's not okay to talk to me like this to me in front of the children. And if we have to go back to the attorneys, that's what we're going to do. I mean, setting a boundary, I think, is really important.
0: Okay. Now, do you find, uh, real quick before we go to break, you know, we're in the business menu of helping people become the best they can possibly be. And with that comes the, um, you know, the personality trait. You walk into the room, mm-hmm. you're trying to be the positive person. And hey, everybody, it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining and we're all going to have a wonderful day. And we do encounter these negative people, you know, from time to time. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're still on this mission. We're, you know, trying to, you know, spread this positive energy and we, we keep on trying to do that, but you, you're constantly around negative people. It's hard to say sometimes, okay, I have given all that I can give. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's time for me to just let you do you. You're 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 determined to be miserable. I've given you the best of the positive outlook that I have, which is hard because you know right. it's, our, it's our nature to say I'm going to help you be. You know we're Fix-It. You know we're going to help yes. you be the best. Yes. <laughs> but you right. know, I know it's you or me. It's you or me. And at this point, I have to choose me because you know, like Julie says, I I want to declutter my life, and and your energy is part of that clutter. So, um, Julie, real quick, I'm looking at the time. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to talk some more about clutter when we come back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back i am with the host of the show clearing the clutter inside and out miss julie caraccio and before the break um i was going through uh, you know it's both of us we have this um obligation, this this inside of us, you know, to help people, you know, um, elevate themselves to the next level. And part of that, you know, we are two positive people. And a lot of times, you know, our clientele base or just the people in our environment, um, they haven't reached that level of positive energy. So, um, I know personally I have found myself involved with people um, on a continual basis. I'd like to call them, you know, the Debbie Downers. You know, every time I see them, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, the gas prices were this. And, you know, she did this to me. And I don't like the way this food tastes. I mean, it's just like there's something negative about everything in their life that they have to say you know and at some point in time you know i'm trying to show you by the walk that i walk by the encouragement that i give you you know look at it this way and you know be grateful for this and okay i know you know your food didn't taste well but you know look you're alive to even have a meal and you know i'm trying to do this and be all positive and yeah and at some point it's like lana you've done all you can and you have to step back um do you find it hard to detach yourself from people sometimes?
1: No, because I trust that everyone's on the journey they're meant to be on. Okay. And that you know And this was a challenge for me. And, you know, I love how you were talking earlier about social media and and people just put the positive. And when I do my podcast, I'm sharing about myself. And Mm -hmm. so I said, here's a mistake that I made, and I want to share with you my story so you don't learn. And when I have guests on, I'm like, how did you have clutter in your life and how did you get rid of it to show even people who are experts deal with this. So Mm -hmm. I, I just trust that. And one of the things, and I always tell this to my clients, trust that, You'll get what you need, and others that you care about will get what they need. Okay, you know, they're on this journey, and that's great, and they're going to either have something that's going to be an aha moment for them or they're going to continue to be negative their entire life. Whatever that is, I don't have any control over that, and I'm not responsible for anyone's happiness but my own.
0: Okay, okay, awesome. Now, when somebody comes to you and says, Julie, I need your help uncluttering my life, um, what do you sit down where is the starting point do you you start in the home or i mean how do you begin this this journey well, it
1: really depends. If it's a client that's asking for physical home organization, I we start there. But what I do with either a coaching client or a uh, someone that I'm going to their home, I have them fill out an assessment. So okay. I've detailed questions so I can hit the ground running and and be prepared whether it's to declutter a home or, you know, to work on confidence with the client or whatever it is. So that's kind of the starting point. And you know what I found is For instance, if you because people are most familiar with removing physical clutter, when you start that process, for most people, it tends to open them up. And my goal, because I believe we all have the answers we need inside. I Mm -hmm. see my job is to support that. I can't tell you what's best for you. You know what's best for you. But I see my role is supporting you and helping bring that out. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times when you start to move the physical clutter, stuff comes up or you can see what's going on. I'll give you a short example. I had a client. She had probably was two or three feet high a stack of all these, you know, like clipping out articles and mm-hmm. from magazines and newspaper. And I said, well, what's this? And she said, well, I am I'm have clipped those out to send people. Well, How long has it been here? A couple of years. And as we talked and she made the connection because I'm asking questions. She said, oh, my gosh, I have been afraid that if I don't stay in touch with people by sending them these click these clippings, that they won't love me anymore. And as soon as she voiced that, she was able to realize, oh, my gosh, I know that's not true. Mm. And then was able to let it and we pitched it all in the recycling bin. So, you know, it's it's finding those and being like, oh, my gosh, when I verbalize it, when I recognize it, I know it's not true and I can let it go.
0: Okay, And, you know, this is a question that I I was going to ask you um, later on, but we'll bring it up now because um, that's a sentimental, sentimental Item. We hold on to sentimental things Mm -hmm. sometimes. Now, let me speak from personal experience. You mentioned earlier, you know, I am a widow. Um, My husband was killed in 2002, and together we had a daughter. She was seven at the time. So, um, I was going through the garage maybe a month ago, and, um, I noticed, now, although I have done a pretty good job of decluttering my life, but in the garage, there are certain boxes with things, um, you know, that I have been saving to pass on to my daughter, you know, some mm-hmm. pictures, uh, the wedding dress, uh, you know, just other little sentimental mementos that I can't bring myself to part from. And I, I know it's clutter. So how do you how do you navigate with these sentimental items? It's really hard for us to declutter.
1: That's a great question and, and one that I get a lot. First of all I want you to remember it's a process. So oh don't beat yourself up and the more I found the more you release clutter the easier it becomes you know I that's very difficult you lost your husband in in a horrific way and so if you would never be ready to part with that I would say that's okay now again like it's sat boxed for how long in your garage what I encourage people to do you know is there could you make a photo album of the pictures that are there for your daughter and Mm -hmm. you know and one thing I would say right off the bat um is I've worked with a lot of people who have... I have one client who has a basement full of her parents' stuff. They've passed for years, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to get rid of it. And, you know, I believe that once people pass, they want you to have peace and be happy, Mm. and that if you don't want the stuff, let it go. Because are you honoring it if it's sitting in a closet just collecting dust? And so how old is your daughter now? 20 now. She's now 20. Okay, so that's... She's still kind of young, but, you know, one thing... You know, I had a client say this and she realizes, she's like, I don't want my daughter to have to go through all this stuff. So if she's old enough, having a conversation is the stuff that you'd want. And if it's not stuff that she wants, and again, I feel like at 20, you know, she might change her mind Mm
0: -hmm. when she's a
1: little bit older, you know, if she's in college or whatever and they're not quite an adult yet. But I would, I would, that's a conversation I would start. But it, for instance, if you have pictures, can you make that into an album or do something creative with a shadow box or, you know, your Mm -hmm. wedding? dress ask her is this something you'd think that you might like to own someday you know if you have a bunch of t-shirts you can create a quilt out of that i know a lot of people keep their t-shirts from high school and college and like okay there are people out there who make a quilt that's Mm -hmm. something that's functional and that you'll use and that retains you know the sentiment i remember one time i was living in la and i saw peter walsh speak Mm -hmm. and and he really said it best A lot of times we infuse objects with our memories, but the memory isn't on the object. It's in our heart and it's in our head. And I had seen him, it had been a year since my grandmother had passed. And so I got this beautiful antique furniture that was her bedroom set as a kid. But I also got (laughs) these dishes that knowing my grandmother were the bank, you opened up a bank account and got a free set of dishes. They oh, were, yes. uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, they were white at one point, but were now gray. And after hearing <laughs> Peter speak, the next day I dropped them off and donated them. Like, my grandmother's not on that dish, but I, <laughs> I, you know, I kept the antique stuff, which I love and is functional because it's the guest room. So it's about remembering, you know, your husband's in your heart. He's in mm-hmm. your memories. He is not on the wedding dress. So. It's kind of digging deeper on that. And again, if you're not ready to part with it, don't beat yourself up. But what I'm going to encourage you, give it a place of honor, mm, okay. you know, and check in with your daughter and see how she's feeling about stuff.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. So now also in this this clutter stuff, there's things like my childhood diaries and stuff like that. So you would suggest to somebody to – um we need to get rid of those items and stuff. Or I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out if every sentimental item is a no-no or not.
1: Oh no no I would never ever say that. First of all I never tell people to get rid of stuff. Okay. That is that I never do that because you know again especially in the beginning it's a really hard process. You know I've worked with some clients where I've helped them declutter their entire homes and at the beginning it's a very difficult process. But once we get going on that and they can feel the difference in how lighter their hearts and heads feel and how different the house feels. Then they're, like, being able to start to declutter on their own. So, oh, my gosh, I would never say that. But what my, what I want people to do is dig deeper. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you holding on to that? You know, I still have diaries. I haven't let go of those because I still read through those. But you know what? I'm not tripping in my house. Every place has a home. I'm not overwhelmed with clutter. It's not, you know, it's just asking questions like, why am I holding on to this? And and just encouraging you, you know, to ask those questions. And are you honoring it? Like, if you haven't mm-hmm. opened it in 15 years, then I'm going to say, okay, you know, and, and here's a, an example. Like, I had a client who lost a child. I can't even imagine yes. what that would be like. And I'm like, don't, you don't have to get, don't force yourself to get rid of her clothes. But is there something we can do to maybe honor that? Mm -hmm. to help you and so you know if someone went through their entire life and hadn't lost a child and couldn't get rid of anything i would completely understand that i think it's you know are you living your life is is what is important to me are you sharing your gifts with your world or are these items preventing you from doing that is that a distinction that that makes sense
0: yes it does does very much so and i'm listening to you talk and and Humorously, I'm thinking about Julie and and wondering uh, that TV show Hoarders. When you walk into homes personally yourself that are so cluttered, is it is it like a claustrophobic? I mean, could you could you do the Hoarder show?
1: No, and because you have to be. That overwhelms me. I'm a very visual person. Now, I volunteered once on a hoarding project here in the Raleigh area where I live. And you need – I take this very seriously. You need to really have special training to be able to people work with this. And and the one I volunteered on broke my heart. This was a man who was in his 80s. He didn't have any family in the area. He would served his country. He was in World War II, um, had been a postman. And, you know, the kids weren't around, and it just got out of hand. And it, it just – for me, it was heartbreaking. But, you know, we had five of us and didn't even finish one room and, and a team on another room. So that's, um you know, again, you have the deeper psychological issues going on with yes. that. But it's not as deep. But let's talk about creative people for a minute. Sometimes people are f- afraid of success, of mm-hmm. getting success or never getting success. And so that's a cluttered thing, which isn't like in the DSMV 5 or whatever they're on now. But yeah. that's something that can create clutter and that maybe a lot of people can relate to or maybe your childhood upbringing was nuts and so one of the way that that's reflected your childhood stuff is because you were used to chaos and that's how you function that clutter represents a way for you to function
0: okay good tips and you know um, I want to talk about uh, creative people I want to be devil's advocate for uh, a real quick second there but we're going to take a quick commercial break and when we come back we'll talk about that Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hey, hey, hey Welcome back Don't Box Me In I have uh, been having a good time spending some time with Miss Julie Caraccio She is um, the lady behind Reawakening Uh, Sorry, let me get that right Reawaken your brilliance.com. And before the break, or you've been spending the day talking about clutter, but before the break, she had mentioned creative people. And I want to kind of play devil's advocate here for a minute. I've read many, many articles about your genius type people, your Albert Einsteins and Mark Twain and mm-hmm. being the messiest people in the world, but producing such phenomenal work. Um, Is there in reality some space, some purpose for clutter? Wow, that's a really interesting question. Um, Here's what
1: I would say about that. If Mm -hmm. you're kind of messy, but you can find Mm -hmm. what you need, because for some people, like, Einstein's a perfect example, kind of the absent-minded professor. There is a mm-hmm. method. There is a method to their madness. So, you know, in that instance, I would say I get it. But if I was to talk to Einstein's wife, she <laughs> might be like, "Oh my God, this is driving me nuts. We got to do something about it." So, I, I believe in giving leeway. But again, like if there's another person or family involved, that's the type of thing that uh, you have to give consideration to. You know, I don't know honestly if I can answer that question. Uh, okay i mean i think that's really interesting again from my perspective i i see clutter as stuck stagnant energy i see it preventing your gifts but again if you can find what you need now i but i have to admit i would argue that uh you're going to be able to think better in a, a decluttered space but you know what you bring up a good point so if it's not broke then don't fix it i guess would be my ultimate answer
0: and you know also we can also add this to the uh the mix here. Who's to say how much more phenomenal Einstein and Mark mm. Twain would be if they didn't have all of that clutter? Exactly. Excellent point. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm always going to err on the side of
0: <laughs> letting go as much clutter as, as possible. You know, let's just throw that out there. So let's get that, that option too as well. So 2009, you started Healing Through Organization. Tell, tell us about that. Well, I had been working
1: in the nonprofit world, and I thought, you know what? I want to start my own business. What could I do that I'm good at that would support people, but that I'd also be really, really enjoy and be passionate about? And this is what I came up with. And I was very purposeful because I saw healing and declutter, or organizing and decluttering, as a way to support people in healing. Mm-hmm. So it was you know I really thought about the name before I did that and so I would see working with people as they organize how it would change their lives and then in 2011 from 2011 until 2014 I had an internet TV show called Reawaken Your Brilliance and and kind of I've now have merged Healing through Organization into that because my I see my support has grown in a couple of areas and okay. so it for me all breaks down to we're all awesome but sometimes a parent, or society, or a sibling, or a friend has made us believe we aren't, and so I want everyone to reawaken and remember their brilliance.
0: Okay, okay. Now, how would what would be some of the steps that people can take to reawaken their brilliance? Well, the first thing I would suggest is become aware. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that that's really important. I think a lot of times we're on autopilot. Or we play the victim. It's, oh, it's someone else's fault that my life sucks. Mm -hmm. I play no part in that. So I think a first step is becoming aware and then being like, okay, I'm aware. Now what steps can I make to change that? And then beginning step by step to change your life. And, you know... Taking a life inventory, I think, is something that's a really valuable tool. Look at yourself. And again, you do it from a place of observation, not judgment. Okay, wow, you know what? I'm really not good with my finances. Now I'm aware of that. Now I've admitted it. What action can I take to become better at that? And, you know, one thing I wanted to mention earlier when you're talking about social media and you can, bam, you've lost two hours, that's a distraction, Uh And, you know, I talked about, I was either writing, I'm getting old, I can't remember anything, but I was either (laughs) writing about comparing either for, I think, for a future show and I was making notes and I thought, you know what, it's really easy to compare myself and waste my energy comparing myself to others. The hard work is doing the self-examination and why am I feeling like this? Why do I feel the need to compare? What is it really about? And it's easy to get distracted for two hours on social media instead of spending two hours becoming aware and doing self-reflection.
0: True, true. It's it's very easy. Um, you brought up a whole bunch of stuff. I'm just trying to figure out what direction I want to go. You know, li- like you, I'm, I'm old too. So if I don't get it out right away, then my thoughts go someplace <laughs> else. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the first step you said is to, is to become aware um, and I think that's very important because, like you said, we are on autopilot sometimes. You know, we, this is what I did yesterday. This mm-hmm. is what I did the day before. Um, it's always going to be like that. And a lot of times, if you can't do it yourself, you need that outside person to say, no, this, this is not it. This is not the mm-hmm. end destination. And let me give you some tools and techniques, um, to kind of, m- merge you onto a better highway because mm-hmm. uh, like I said we do get stuck on autopilot and sometimes um it's a generational autopilot you know oh this is the way my mom uh, it was for mm-hmm. my mom or this is the way it was for my grandmother so why should I expect my life to have any more beauty in it you know um, right you know, so so like I said, we need the Julies to kind of give us that guidance to say, okay, this is the brilliance that you are. These are the gifts that you have. Now we need to kind of start to work on that. So once somebody becomes aware and where their weaknesses are or what they need to work on, um, is it is it a do we create a long term plan or do you see metamorphosis really quick or how do, how does that usually work for you in your experience?
1: It really depends on the individual. Truly. And, you know, like, for instance, I'm coaching a professional organizer right now, and I'm helping her with social media and, and some other things. But I'm also working on her confidence and, and, and feeling like, OK, let's figure out what your passion is and what little niche that you want to serve. So in that instance, you're kind of working working both ends. And so I also know I work with a coach monthly. I am a firm believer in my personal development, but I took a break. You know, I worked with one person for a year and and they moved out of the area, took a couple months' break, started working with someone. So I think you need breaks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and I and I, I want people to be able to figure it out for themselves. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I see that as a support. I would never want to get into a situation where I felt that someone depended on me. Does that make sense? Sure because true. you know you have to fly at some point, and I think that you know, whether it's a, a relationship with a therapist, Whatever the case may be, you know, sometimes those, those hit a point where it's gone on. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a, a dependent thing and you're not moving forward in your life. That's something I would never want to
0: happen with a client and I wouldn't allow it to happen, quite honestly. And you know, you mentioned, um, the person that you're working with now and the, um, the issues of confidence that they were having. Um, I do want to kind of share. With the audience. There was a point in time where, because we're hearing you now, there was a point in time where you were scared to speak in front of people? Oh my gosh,
1: yeah. Like, I was, (laughs) I'll never forget. I can tell you the exact day I had to stand up. I was at a networking event. I had literally just started my business two days earlier, and I had to get up and was given 30 seconds to talk about myself and my business, and I thought I was going to die. And now I get paid to speak. So. I'm a huge, firm believer in always growing, always putting it out there, always, you know, pushing yourself to be the best that you can be. And if I can do that, I've overcome adversity from my childhood. I just, you can heal, you can change your life. I think if people were to take the only thing away from today from me, that would be it.
0: Okay. Now, I want to talk about... Um, so- so you mentioned that you work with numerous coaches and, um, you'll take a downtime or whatever. But for yourself personally, do you have um, a long range plan for continuing to grow? Or, you know, do you say, Julie, okay, every three months, I'm going to do some self check and see where I'm at. This is what I need to fix. Or, you know, is there some sort of systematic setup that we should implement into our lives?
1: Oh, that's an excellent question. Again, I have to say everything's individualized. You know, for instance, in my personal, right now in my life, I have a five-year plan that okay. I'm kind of working on that involves me, that it also involves my family as well. So what I would like to accomplish individually and that we as a family, uh, we have a move we're, you know, hoping to have happen within the next year, so things of that nature. So for me, it's, you know, when I work monthly, Again, that's just on whatever's coming up or I have found that um, it's like you get one layer and then you get to the next layer. And so I would always hope that I'm always doing personal growth work to be the best person that I can be. But, um, you know, if you're overwhelmed, like someone listening is like, I just can't even imagine that. Take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Take one area where you'd like to improve, become aware, and then start to take steps to improve that. And you know I am a fan, like if, if five years is seems too overwhelming, then take what could you do in a week mm-hmm. or a month or six months or a year? And then I'm like I mentioned earlier, take a break. So <laughs> you know, life is supposed to be fun. If I had worked on myself all the time, I would be no fun to be around and would
0: have no life or no friends. So take time to enjoy life. And, you know, allow yourself some slips, slip ups, you know. Oh, your, some, absolutely. Some, some back steps, you know, because you're going to have these good days where, you know, yes, gusto. I'm going to organize these. And then you have these days where, you know, forget this. I'm just going to lay in bed and watch TV, you know. So allow yourself to like every day is not going to be the perfect day. Um, and, you know, when you talk about decluttering your life, just, just taking like your home, for example, that whole process could be very overwhelming for some, you know. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, but I want to add. I want to add one thing that you mentioned. Um, of course, we slip up, but you know, this is what my coach said to me. I was talking about a client I was working with, and she said, "Oh, she deflected and turned it around to you." Like we were talking about her, and, and it was subtle. And I, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're right." And now <laughs> that you pointed that out to me, and I said, "Oh, I can't believe that's I made a mistake." Because you know, I want to, to be me. awesome. And she said to me. It's not a mistake if you learn from it. And so I learned, okay, I've got to be more aware when people are really subtle and and deflecting and don't want to dig a little deeper with themselves and are asking mm-hmm. me about me. So I was like, oh, wow, that was a huge, great lesson to learn. So if you learn something, don't think of it as a mistake. Think, hey, I learned something. How great is that?
0: True, true, awesome. As long as you're learning, you're growing. Yes, yes. As long as you learn. So now we're going to talk about, um, well, I think, like physical. The physical part, decluttering your home, and it can seem overwhelming for some of us. You know, um, you you mentioned before that you can never do the, the hoarder's thing. But let's just say, let's just say, Julie walked into a hoarder's house. Okay. What would be your first step? Well,
1: it would be to sit down and pick, okay, where, what I would say to a client, so let's use this because I don't work with hoarders, but, you know, like I did almost an entire home decluttering project recently. Okay. I just finished that up last month. So, um, okay, what's driving you crazy? Or if you have bills that aren't getting paid and that's like what I would call a crisis and you're losing money, let's start there. So I would start to ask questions like, is there a place you want to start? Is there something going on that needs immediate attention? And then we would start in that room. And then we'd start the process and we wouldn't move on to the next room until the first room was completed.
0: Okay. Okay. So you don't necessarily walk into somebody's home and just, okay, we're throwing away dishes. You actually have the dialogue first before.
1: Oh, absolutely. I would never, ever, ever throw away anything without someone's permission. You know, again, it varies from client. Like this big house I just did You know, she was basically like, do everything. But what I would do, because she was working while I was in her home, I'd leave piles. Okay, look through this. I think Uh I've gone through this. I think these are ratty towels you can let go of, and she'd say yes or no. Or I'm like, okay, what about these? Uh, They look like they're on their last leg. So there was still, even though she wasn't there when I was, there was still dialogue going on. And a lot of times, some people want to be, you know, I just worked with a client last week, and we worked together, and I could ask questions. Okay, what about this? as we work together. So that's something that could be as well for a hoarder. And again, I don't, I'm not qualified to do this, but even with a non hoarder, it can be very traumatic for you to go into someone's house. And so True. if you're listening, wanting to help a friend or a family member, don't just go in and start throwing things away that can have really, really, um, bad bad effects
0: emotional emotional yeah, consequences. yeah 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 true i can understand that well julie we're gonna take our last break of the day when i come back i want to talk about eco friendly organi- uh, organizing and aromatherapy so stay with me we'll be right back welcome back to don't box me in here's your host lana Reed. Welcome back! Welcome back! I'm having a good time today with uh, Miss Julie uh, Caraccio. She is the owner of Healing Through Organization uh, that she started in 2009. And you do something, Julie, called eco-friendly organizing. What What is that? Well, I try to when
1: working with client. Again, if they're open to it, is be, bring being green into the situation. And so, for instance, I'm a huge fan of repurposing. If we're decluttering and getting you organized, I'm going to look around your house. Well, what do we have that maybe we can repurpose so we don't have to go out and buy a container? Or it's simply like if we are decluttering your paper files, we make sure we recycle the files instead of throwing them in the trash and knowing wherever you are the guidelines and mm-hmm. and, and doing that and just becoming more aware of our impact on the environment.
0: Okay, okay, awesome. So then, uh, let me see here. How do you declutter somebody or, or eco- Friendly, organized. Somebody's kitchen, and I think the talk of the town today is these big curate coffee makers, and and how you know um, the disposable thing is not good for the environment or something. So if you walked into somebody's kitchen and they had something that was harmful to the environment or it's not recyclable, it's not uh, you can't reuse it or whatever. Uh, do you suggest alternative methods for them to use or? If they ask. Okay.
1: Truthfully, I don't push it. My thing is, is if it comes up in conversation or naturally, or I can say, you know, one of the things I'm a fan of is after I help someone declutter and get organized is talk about green cleaning products. I've gotten into essential oils and things of that nature. And if my thing is, if you've done this, this would be the next step. That I'd suggest. Now, people know I'm green, so if they ask for advice, of course I'm going to give that to them. But you know, I think a mistake people make is they become judgmental. Oh my God, you're not doing that and blah, 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 blah. And you know, people, how are you going to respond to that when someone's judgmental? Mm-hmm. You? You're going to back off and be like, leave me alone. So it's about, you know, increasing awareness. Okay. And if, did you know? And again, I would never force anyone to do anything, but you know, I did a, um, I was on a panel and I said, you know, even if you don't care about the polar bears, I'm going to talk about how it can save you money and time. And then people are like, okay, you know, now now I'm kind of interested. i in maybe not, don't care about the environment. But, you know, I try to bring it in from that way as well to educate people. Awesome, awesome.
0: Now, just curious, um, how does one find a professional organizer? Is there a... Um, a- a website that people go to to find somebody in their area that could help them with these kind of things that you do?
1: Uh, I'm laughing. Google's what popped in, right? Don't we find anything <laughs> on Google these days? There is, I'm no longer a member. There is a national association of professional organizers. I was a member of that for several years when I started. And then just, it wasn't, wasn't something that, that uh, I wanted to continue with. So there's okay. that option. There is Google. There is asking for referrals, you know, I'd encourage you if you had a friend that's had a positive experience with someone, that's someone that you should consider checking out. You know, like I have a – not everyone wants someone that has a holistic view or that is about being green or reawakening your brilliance. So, you know, my belief is that there is an organizer out there to help whatever your personality type is and and that you'll be able to, to find them.
0: Okay. Now, looking at your website, uh, Reawaken Your Brilliance, you offer a wide variety of services that people can uh, partake in. Um, If you could give us some of those um, services that you offer that you could help people with.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, so I'm a huge fan. Hopefully you figured that out of decluttering your life. So I offer... What I call is no excuses. There is something for everyone. I do a podcast, which is on iTunes as well as a video on YouTube called Clearing the Clutter Inside and Out. That's free. So if you don't, I've had times in my life I haven't had a two dimes to rub together. So no (laughs) excuses. You can listen to the podcast with video. I also offer affordable online classes. I just did one last Thursday, but I record everything. So you can purchase a class after the fact that are about organization. I offer a uh, Declutter Your Life mastermind if you're looking for some monthly support that's a little less than, you know, having me come and organize or that again, everything we can do online these days, which is Mm -hmm. really wonderful. Also do speaking, also do home organization. And then I just recently, I'm really proud of this, spent several months, I launched and released a How to Declutter Your Life course, which is a year long 52 week course. And if you're like, Oh, I don't need physical, you know, it's divided. You can either buy the entire course or divide it or buy mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. And so you mentioned before the break, aromatherapy, a couple really small workbooks, just different things. I have some meditations if you're looking to clear clutter. So there's an option for everyone.
0: Okay. So you are, if somebody wants Julie's help decluttering their home, you are based in what, what area? Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, so I I know we have the Internet and all these other options. Is it possible for somebody in Seattle to get your services or no? Well, no, we could definitely do something.
1: If they were a do-it-yourselfer, then I would recommend we could do over either Skype or Google Hangouts on air where we could talk, or they could do my assessment, and I could come up with the do-it-yourself plan for them, and and then check in with them, so that would be, that would lean more towards coaching, again, I can help step-by-step, step. okay, this is what you need to do, but absolutely, like, I have a couple clients in California right now, so I'm on the East Coast, so I work with people all over the country.
0: Awesome, awesome, and um, I mentioned in your introduction, and we haven't talked about it at all today, because it's you know, sidebar awesomeness that Julie is, <laughs> uh, but you do grant writing, and how long have you been at that?
1: Oh gosh, that's been I think 15 years now, and I still do that. Uh, you know, what I I'm the type of person that I like doing multiple things, and I love writing. It's always been a passion, and I've now since starting my own business, and but it's been really great. Is I will help a charity if I feel connection, and 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 thing I want to write for people that i'm passionate about causes that get me excited as well so yeah that's something that i still do
0: okay so people can uh, reach out to you Mm -hmm. uh, for that as well so like i said we have lots of wonderful things that julie can help you with not just decluttering your home now i mentioned before the last break that i wanted to talk about the aromatherapy this is uh, something that i can say my mother has passed down to me that's really very important in my life that i use and um Explain to us how aromatherapy can help you unclutter your life. Well,
1: I worked with what happened was I interviewed someone for the podcast and I really liked her. And I've just, you probably know more than I do, but I've just started learning in the past year or so about essential oils, like I've made a healing spray, a cleaning and I'm I'm learning to do made my own soap and want to get into that. And we hit it off and she had started and so she gets the credit. She had started this and I was like, Hey, do you want to partner on this? I have all these ideas for different formulas you can come up with. So again, many people are visual or they're audio, but they're also people who are tactile. And so smelling something like imagine you're you're uh stressed out, then you smell something that helps release your mental clutter or after doing some physical clearing you smell something that ah wow it just brings that opens up the energy of the space and makes it smell better. So I see essential oils as a way to help you in releasing clutter as well.
0: Awesome. Now I'll mention a couple of um, if I can. I'll see if sure. I time. So gratitude what kind of essential oils should people use for gratitude in their house? Well
1: This We came up with a, a, um, in our blend, we have bergamot, lemon, lime, grapefruit, um, and lavender. So that was just the one that we came up together that we decided to do. But, you know, make everything personal. What would make you thankful? What would raise your vibration? What would raise your joy? Those would be the questions that I would ask. I think having gratitude is an amazing practice and something that we should do daily. So, okay. my question is, what, what's, you know, rings true to you?
0: Okay. So, your, each person, um, if I'm hearing correctly, each person might have their own essential oil combination for what they're trying to bring about that's unique to them.
1: Correct. And what we did is we came together and said, okay, based on, and again, she has more knowledge than I do and our knowledge of the different scents said, okay, well, this is what I'm trying to create. How would we do that into an aromatherapy? And so that's what we decided, again, to be able to support people and something that's a little different.
0: Okay. Now, just so I'm clear before we get out of here, the essential oils, are they sold? You sell these on your website or Mm -hmm. did you just use these? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if people want, yes. Okay. Now, uh, real quick, do you have an email address that people can uh, contact you?
1: Sure, it's Julie, J-U-L-I-E, at reawakenyourbrilliance.com, and that's also the website, just reawakenyourbrilliance.com. Okay,
0: and quick question, what do you still struggle with when it comes to decluttering your life, or are you perfect now at this point?
1: Oh my gosh, I'll never be perfect, (laughs) I will be a work in progress with my dying breath. I just, what I still struggle with is emotional eating. When I sometimes get really stressed out or overwhelmed, I will tend to eat instead of uh dealing with the emotion at hand. So that's what I'm working on decluttering my life in that way.
0: Awesome, you know, cuz I think a lot of times um you know when people come to uh, people that they look up to 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 help them, they assume that we are perfect and I always tell people I make the biggest mistakes in mm-hmm. and, and Over and over again. And, you know, I think one of the taglines on my website is I'm a work in progress, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly looking at myself and Lana. Okay. We messed this up yesterday, but this is how we pick up the ball and continue to run down the field. So, you know, to give people hope that, you know, we're, we're not perfect. We're all just trying, you know, and and Mm -hmm. if you just try that, that's one of the keys. So Julie, we are at the end of the hour here. I have so, so enjoyed learning how to unclutter my life today. Um, Please visit her website, reawakenyourbrilliance.com. And uh, thank you so much for spending time with me today, Julie. I wish you all the best as you continue to unclutter lives. Thank you so much,
1: Lana. I enjoyed being on. This was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and you see me next week.